This is 680 CJOB. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Bergen, and right now on the main ingredient on 680 CJOB, I have the two Pauls that own Stone Angel Brewing, Paul McMullen and Paul Clerkin, here to talk about their beer, obviously. So let me start by asking Paul M., when did the passion for beer making begin? Uh, it's going back a ways. Uh, what was it? Seven, eight years ago? Maybe a bit longer? They're all blending to, you know. I know. Hey, man. So a while back in the event, uh, you know, we we talked about uh, getting into beer, and one day we said, let's just do it. So the next day I went out and got myself uh, all the kit and had at it and started making recipes. And, uh, you know, used all the friends and family's guinea pigs. They come, hey, try this. I made some new beer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of it was memorably good, some of it memorable for other reasons, <laughs> but uh, they're all, uh, they're all, pretty willing to try we had one we had one beer that uh was fantastic uh, about 10 minutes after you decanted it but the moment you cracked it open you know it smelled like feet oh boy well you know gym bag think gym bag hockey bag that's been in the back of your car for two weeks <laughs> see sadly i actually have a hockey bag oh, yeah. in my car but <laughs> if, if you could get past the original you know iron fist to the face you know <laughs> about 10 minutes later it was it was pretty damn tasty yikes okay so how did the how did the idea of opening a brewery come to life. Well, that also oh, comes yeah. from the Irish Club because uh, we were involved in a project to um, look into relocating the Irish Club. Mm-hmm. And so we did a whole lot of research into it and spent a year working on the project only for the project to die the death. And as a result of that, then we thought that, well, you know, that was kind of interesting. The numbers kind of stacked up. Maybe we could open our own pub. And at the same time, we were sort of doing the home brewing thing. And you then, both were you were brewing too. Yeah, we were brewing together in his house, making a mess of his house every Saturday night. <laughs> That's perfect. You get to leave, mess his house up, go oh, back yeah. home. No, it was great, you know. And especially at two o'clock in the morning in January, I'd walk home, leave him to finish cooling the wort <laughs> outside in the mm. snow. And um, but we so that when that project came to naught, we thought, well, we could do that. And then the law changed a bit, and we we're like, well, actually, maybe we should just go the whole hog mm-hmm. and screw the pub thing. Let's just make the beer. And uh, and so that sort of started ro- that whole thing rolling. The next thing is, you know, we're writing business plans after business plans, and which was not half as much fun as making the beer. No. <laughs> the business portion of business yeah. is never the fun part, no. right? So it was uh, one person didn't have to convince the other one. You guys no, both thought, just, thought hey, let's just, let's just do this. We're gone. We're doing it for sure. If you're just joining us, this is the main ingredient on 680 CJOB, and I am talking with Paul and Paul from Stone Angel Brewing. James DeFair, the third owner, unfortunately couldn't make it. And I'm wondering, what were you guys doing before you decided to make beer for a living? You mean like the day before? No, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean... It was four forty. It was four forty-seven on a Wednesday afternoon. I remember it as clear as day, <laughs> yeah. and we made the decision. And before that, I was a graphic designer, yeah. and I still am, mm-hmm. um, and a web developer. So, do you do a lot of the stuff for your business now? I do all our stuff. Oh, nice! Yeah. That's I was in commercial property appraisal. Oh, I got it! I got it! You guys are jack of all trades. Which is how we found the space, actually, because I was uh, doing an assignment and needed comparables. Yep, and uh, happened to see the listing for that and went and saw it. Called Paul and said you got to see this place. I think it might be perfect. And he came down, and we agreed, and the rest was history. So in your mind, is that the size of space that you guys wanted? Because it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, it's big. Your tasting room is, like, massive. The tasting room is bigger than it probably was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story behind that was we, we got the space, or at least started the negotiations with the space. And one of the part of our behind-the-scenes dealings is we had to, of course, get city planning permission for that. And 
they were not easily convinced. Their, their first bit was, well, you can't be there. And then it was, well, you can be there if you're sort of associated with a liquor service establishment. And you know, after about two weeks of back and forth, they agreed that a place that served beer and only beer was really a liquor service establishment. So they were cool with that. Mm-hmm. And then just before we were ready to sign the lease, they said, oh, we have one more wrinkle we should tell you about. And that's, uh, we'll let you be there, but only if you promise never to sell your stuff anywhere else, not through the growler bars, not through the LC, not through any restaurants, just, just at your place. And uh, that set off a few panicky alarm bells. But uh, we, we met with the city and did a couple presentations. And uh, by the by, they agreed to change the zoning. So uh, they allowed us to be there. The, the one final restriction they put on us that we said, fine, we'll just, we'll just run with it, was mm-hmm. that the brewing area couldn't be any bigger than 5,000 square feet. Because we, we'd want to make the brewing area probably another – right, right now it's 5,000, but mm-hmm. we would have liked to make it about 65, maybe slightly bigger, had a smaller tap room. But, uh, yeah, you do what you do to get in there. And well, the, the good news about it is with having a larger tap room means that uh, we've uh, managed to get ourselves declared as a banquet hall so people can oh. rent us for socials and stuff. That's awesome. That's actually really good, eh? Yeah. yeah. Because we have washrooms for a lot more. We don't just have two washrooms. We have five washrooms. Oh, wow. So we have capacity for a much bigger crowd than we're legally allowed to have in the premises when it's open as a tap room. Yeah. So that's what those two trees in back were for, their extra washrooms? Yep. Yeah. And, and the dumpster. <laughs> I'm not going to expand on that. Okay, so, so let's talk about the beer. All right, you guys brought um, all your beers here tonight. So let's start with what we're drinking now. This is what I was drinking when I was at your place. I think it's phenomenal. Thank you. This is Luther's Folly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is uh, the style of our own called a Kolsch-Ist. Not Kolsch-Ish, but Kolsch-Ist. And the reason it's called Kolsch-Ist is because it's a blend of uh, two types of yeast. And one's a Belgian yeast Mm -hmm. in the Trappist vein, and one's a Kolsch yeast, which is German. And... uh, Talking to some beer naming experts, is what should we call this style? And I said, just just go with Kolschist. So that's where we ended up with that. Mm-hmm. And then we came up with the name Luther's Folly because, of course, Luther is a German beer drinking monk, and this is a mixture of German and monastic beer. So the, the rest was history. So good beer, easily drank. Uh, totally, it's super easy to drink. Uh, it kills uh, on a hot patio after hockey practice. It's you know the the the, the comment keeps coming back is it's crushable, and we we tend to agree. Yeah, I do like it. Have I said that? Have I told you that yeah. I like this beer? Yeah, a couple times. Coincidentally, it's five hundred years on Tuesday. It is, which is tomorrow as we're recording this, um, of Luther nailing his thesis to the church door in Germany. Alrighty. So we launched Luther's Folly on the 500th anniversary of <laughs> Martin Luther doing his thing. How's that for Kinsmith? You guys, you guys planned it that way, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. You? We delayed opening the brewery just so we could do that. <laughs> I knew it. A little break and then more beer talk with Stone Angel Brewing when the main ingredient returns. I'm Kevin Bergen. This is a main ingredient on 680 CGOB and Stone Angel Brewing is in the house and we are tasting their core beer lineup. So boys, what is up next? We have, I, what I did was I brought about five of the beers. So what I have also have here is in relative order that we'd be pouring a flight, I have our IPA, I have our Irish Red, I have our English Dark Mild, and I have our Halloween beer. A Halloween beer? Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, the Halloween beer is channeling, instead of pumpkins, we're channeling an Irish Halloween. And when I was a kid, 
there was not really much of the trick-or-treating going on around in Ireland. There was uh, no pumpkin carving because essentially pumpkins were North American So invention. deprived, so deprived. Uh, you know, and, and carving turnips isn't half as much fun. <laughs> People do turn, uh, carve turnips, I'm not joking. Are you that. being serious? Yeah, no, completely serious. I like I people carve turnips and but what we used to do instead was we'd have big bonfires and they'd be sort of traditional Irish baked goods plastic cups are defeating me well, I was trying to do it silently yes. and, um, so it wasn't we, so silent let yeah, me tell you no, a technical wasn't. malfunction <laughs> technical malfunction and uh, so the, the pumpkin so so with no pumpkins we decided we were going to channel an Irish Halloween so we were trying to channel flavours of the bonfire the baked goodies etc etc that would be more of, of that kind of variety of, of, of holiday as opposed to going for a straight up pumpkin we just felt that so many breweries were doing pumpkin spice beers and that kind of thing that it'd be nice to do something different mm -hmm. and also the fact was neither of us were particularly keen on pumpkins gotcha so what's in this bad boy this one uh has got uh some caramel malts some smoked malts some of the malts are smoked over cherry wood yeah it smells like got a great aroma thank you Smells like your clothes after you were in it. <laughs> in, in a smoky pub 20 years ago. I'm glad you finished that. <laughs> after you were in a bottle. I love, I love this guy. <laughs> nice and smoky. Nicely done. No one's going to buy this beer. It smells it like your clothes smoky, after eh? you've been in a it oh. It's got a really smoky flavor. As it warms up, you're going to get some, uh, some fruit in the back notes, too. Yeah, this I like nice. it. It's good. And it's lighter than it looks. It oh, yeah. It's, it's lighter than it this is, uh, it I think it's five on this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's five even. What's uh, Luther? Luther's five and a quarter. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doesn't wow. taste it. Not at all. Like, that's kind of scary, actually, because it's just, it's, it tastes so light. Yeah. Right? And this, like I said just now, it looks like it's going to be heavy, but it's very light. Well, let's yeah. think about dark beers too. So many people come into the tap room, not just dark, but any tap rooms. Oh, I only like lighter colored right. beers because dark beers are kind of scary. They're obviously heavy in this, but they're not. And that's part of the beer education is, uh, as people come through. Is, you know, you know, they'll often ask us, so what's your lightest beer? It's like, well, do you mean lightest color? Lightest right. alcohol? Right. You know, so. Mm -hmm. That's the best part of breweries opening and having tasting rooms now. Yeah. They really like educate people on what true beer is, right? Yeah. Everybody has their... Uh, misconception of what flavors they think they like but they really haven't tasted anything right or oh, exactly and with uh with uh, was it 10 of us now plus the brute plus the brute probes that uh the scene is really coming alive which yeah, is really nice. nice yeah it's awesome um what else do we have maybe we can we don't have to drink at all no well yes, we, we have to but well, well, uh, we can talk about going back to the german we actually have our ipa Oh yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about well, it. Well, sure, why not? Okay, we we challenged ourselves to see could we come up with an IPA using exclusively German ingredients, and mm -hmm. so we've got an IPA uh, that, as far as we know, is the only true IPA made with German hops and malts exclusively. Uh, I heard uh, rumor the other day that someone else was doing something similar in Minneapolis, but. Uh, uh, at least the customer who who was talking about it said he wasn't sure it was a true IPA. So that's a great color, nice yeah. caramely color. Yeah, I, I like this one. It comes out. Uh, we uh, we we chose our hops. Or we chose the bitterness to be close to traditional, so it's more like the the British ones at forty five IBU. Mm -hmm. But the hops we we picked, although despite being German, in a nod towards the New England IPAs to give you mandarin and tangerine and citrus yeah, like that's, that. That's what I taste. Very citrusy. Yeah. 
So it's an approachable IPA. Yeah, I like it. I say that a lot, don't I? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's okay. We, I'll get you a, thes- a thesaurus <laughs> for Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can look up. We can look up some synonyms for fantastic. Like, <laughs> Wonderbar. Yes. We'll, we'll just get you a French dictionary. You go all French. But yeah, it's it's. We figured that there was room for an IPA that wasn't like a slap upside the face. That basically people who don't normally go for an IPA will taste it on the flight and go, "Well, actually, I kind of like that." Like an intro IPA, right? yeah. And uh, well, and that it is having that result. And and actually, what's interesting about it is we're getting the people. I had uh, somebody at the tap room the other day, and they were like, going, oh, your IPA is very low on the IBU scale. And I was going, well, what do you normally like to drink? And he went, oh, something about 70, 75. And I went, oh, okay, well, this is only 45. You know, he tested it, and I, he had two pints. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, he really liked it. He was like, okay, I know it's low, but this is really tasty. <laughs> I love the fruitiness of it and the whole lot. And it's yeah. just like, but you can get that reaction from somebody who normally would drink a 70, 75 IBU, and then get much the same reaction from somebody who doesn't really like IPAs right, and normally drinks 25, 30 IBU beers and mm-hmm. they have it and they go, oh, that's really quite nice. So, you know, it's kind of foot in both camps. Right. It's exactly where you planned it to be, right? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. I like it. I mean, it's stupendous. Terrific. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about another one. <laughs> okay. I think, um, well, let's do the mild. Do we have... Well, uh, crack the mild, but let it warm up because it's That's better once it warms up. Crack the mild and let it warm up. The the dark mild is a is a traditional English pub beer, mm-hmm. and uh, in keeping with traditional English pub beers, it's best served a bit warm. Right. But it's it comes out of our cooler a little bit cooler than it should mm-hmm. for maximum enjoyment. But you know, it's uh, normally served on cask strength, so we carbonated to be you know equivalent. Right now, it's, it's so. It's about half as carbonated or half as fizzy as standard North American beers. Mm-hmm. Um, but And she's low alcohol, too. She's three and a quarter. Oh, wow. So you can get stuck into this, and you can have several over the course of an evening, and you won't necessarily regret it uh, at the end of the evening or the next morning. How has it been received? Very well, actually. Uh, we, we got two camps of this. We've got the the English expats who have been driving from around the city uh, one by one to, to try because apparently there's some underground phone connection between all of them and they're, 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 they're chatting about it, which is nice. But uh, we've had uh, some fantastic reaction from the, so like the lo- local Winnipeg crew saying, this is nice, especially as it warms up. You know, I, I can drink a lot of this and I wouldn't normally have expected uh, you know, a flat fizzy, uh, not fizzy beer to be this good, but it's really good. It's got, got the flavors of a stout without being heavy. And mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, uh, again, another another beer that uh, people in two or three different camps can appreciate. Well, you know I appreciate it, and I'll appreciate it some more while we take a break for sports, news, and weather, and then back with more from Stone Angel Brewing on the main ingredient on 680 CJOB. Back with more beer talk with Stone Angel Brewing here on the main ingredient. What are some of the things that people found surprising about some of the beer you make? I think people find it very surprising that a beer without a noticeable head. Um, it's exact opposite it, of what North Americans are used to. Exactly, they don't. Um, they don't. T- they d- they get it and they go, "Oh, it's kind of surprising yeah. that a beer that can be that good." And, and and because we're serving it slightly colder than it needs to be as well, we're putting it on the flights. We're putting it at the end naturally because it's a dark beer. And then by the time they get to it, it is warmed up and it's got all its full. 
flavors yeah. in the body are now there and it's, people are going this is actually quite nice so um it's it's interesting from being Irish and having visited England and Scotland quite a lot where a lot of the beer is warmer and less carbonated to actually see other people's reaction to it when they haven't been exposed to that right yeah yeah because it can be quite shocking sometimes yeah. right oh yeah like I used to always forget I'd be in Scotland for about two hours before I'd get used to it and then it's all great <laughs> that's hilarious um Stone Angel the name where did it come from uh, bantering back and forth. You know we, what I mean? We, we talked about the name. Weeks. Weeks, months. God, it felt like years. You know, every day we'd have a brew night, and brew nights, they take hours, mm. especially when you're having... Best part? Well, not always. Not at two in the morning when you're trying to chill the damn thing <laughs> down. Please. We always started too late. We didn't start at four o'clock in the afternoon. We no. started eight. <laughs> yeah, that, could, that could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, but so we, you know, you, you'd, you'd kill kill the time or fill the time, as it were, by drinking other beer. So we'd have a few beer in us. Well, then we would banter back and forth. And there's a few names that we liked. And for various reasons, they didn't work out. Either they're too close to someone else's name right. or it just wasn't going to work. And uh, It could have been the Crescentwood Brewing Company. It could have been the Crescentwood Brewing <laughs> Company. <laughs> Whose idea was that one? I think that I was wondered. mine. <laughs> I liked it. It was good. It was a little place. But then, you know, we'd have been outside of the area we were named after. Yeah, so what? Because we wouldn't have been able to get now, we wouldn't have been able to get commercial premises in We could be the Fort Gary Brewing Company given our location. Mm, I think our name's gone. Oh, I that's think right. So. Yeah, maybe. Other Fort Gary Brewing Company. <laughs> You'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but no, we went back and forth. And there was lots of little things. Like my, my daughter uh, was really into Halloween and she was eight at the time and wanted to be a stone cemetery angel for Halloween. Oh. And that was enough to start uh, us thinking. And not that it was there's any relation to anything, but it was just put the idea in someone's head. And uh, I think it was my wife said, what about this? And I pitched it uh, to Paul and Paul pitched it to his wife. And she's an avid reader and remembers, because you know, she grew up here, remembers reading it in, in high school or first year university or whatever and said, yeah, that'll work because you know it's got it's a standalone name on its own, but sure. it does have a Manitoba connection. We we didn't seek it originally with the Manitoba connection, but it's definitely there. So the rest was history. You know, we we said, yeah, let's do it. So we we did all the due diligence and the patent searching and all that, and no one else had uh, taken it, so we went for it. With a few other local breweries in the city, you know, when you guys were opening it, were you thinking what's going to set us apart from everybody else? Or what was your the main things that you were thinking when you were going to enter? Two years ago, we wouldn't be having this conversation, but now there's a few, right? And in my mind, there's no such thing as too many. I think no. everybody has their own u unique thing that they're doing. And um, well, I'm just wondering what, what, what you think yours is. I think, and I would say this about each of the breweries that are already open, mm -hmm. it's our beer that sets us apart. For you know, Each of them are doing different riffs on, on, on even some traditional styles and taking it that way. Um, but to your point about there can never be too many, the market's just starting. You look at uh, Saskatchewan, I, I think they have 50 breweries in the whole province. Uh, we were in Victoria, and there are, what, 275, 300,000 people, and they've got 15. Yeah, crazy. So, you know, if they can support it, we can support the 10 or 12 that we got here. We can probably support double what we've already got. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a worry so much that... Uh, you know, where will we fit in as much as this is fantastic because once you get a sort of a synergy, you can, you know, the, you can grow the pie for everybody. Mm -hmm. Because if it was just us or just half pints as it was for so long, it's, it's, it's tough to 
bring people around to craft beer because there's just not that critical mass. But right. now there is, and people are hearing about it, they're thinking about it, they're trying it, and they're getting excited about it. And the the best part of that, uh, you know, I don't know if it's for Paul too, but uh, saying that the restaurants, the restaurants that have tied selling to the the macro beers are now saying our customers are now demanding the the local beer. I love that too. That's the best part. So uh, when they're when they're demanding it, the, the, those folks are now approaching us and saying, "What do you got? We'd like to try it." Mm-hmm. And that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So. so what is the core lineup that you guys have? So the Halloween beer is just brewed. That's just a... a, a that's a one-off annually. Right. Yeah, that'll, that we're, we launched it a bit because we, we opened a bit later. We, we launched it a bit later than we normally would. Normally, we'd launch it early to mid-September, and it would be done by Halloween or whenever it ran out, right. whichever came first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we launched this one week and a half into October, so you know, it's a bit later than we wanted. But... Uh, the core beer, uh, our Luther's Folly, which we started off with, uh, the IPA, which we've also had, uh, and the red-handed Irish Red. Is that uh, this one? That's that one. Yeah, I'm going to try it. You know, I, I guess I'll have to try it. I bet you like it. Interesting concept, that. Mm-hmm. I do like it. I see where you were going. It doesn't taste like, again, low carbonation? Uh, just because of the growler. Okay, gotcha. But it's um, it's less hopped than say more Amer- that North American versions of an Irish red would right. be. So it's more back to the Irish res- actual Irish traditional style. So, mm-hmm. so it actually leaves it that it is again like Luther, another easily drank beer. Um, that again, people are drinking it and again going, oh, this isn't as hoppy as other reds. Yeah, not at all. It's, it's, not, it's a dark version. Know? It's it's as easily as drinkable yeah. as as a Luther is, and you, it's surprising because it's so dark, right? Yeah. Well, again, it's, it's it's people like me um, looking at something and thinking it is just because of the color. When pretty much now, color really doesn't determine anything anymore, right? That of of the beers, that's probably the most malty, if you will, of, of our beer. Although it's got a sweetness in the middle and then a quick dry out with the roast in the back. So, how long did it take you to, to decide on the core? Because again, you guys were brewing beer before. About seven minutes. We knew that we wanted. Well, once we once we liked uh, where Luther was going, we knew that was going to be on for sure. And we knew we wanted our, our red even before we developed the recipe. And you kind of have to have an IPA. Yeah. So L- Luther was first. Luther was yeah. first of of of, of all the beers that we pr- that we think we we perfected. If I can use that in scare quotes, that Luther was first, hmm. and it was the one that we launched with uh, at Flatlanders, and I mean that was sort of by design. Being sort of the new kid on the block, we didn't want to launch with a, this is a traditional Irish red or this is a traditional you know, pick your beer style. Right. Because then you get people saying, well, that's not according to the beer judge style guides or that's not how I remember it. So we said, let's do our own style, one that doesn't exist anywhere except mm-hmm. in our own imaginations and just say, just try the beer, drink it, you'll like it. And, you know, after people tried it and did really like it, you know, actually Luther's had its own fun following that allowed us to launch with the rest of the ones and people are willing to say well i really like their first barrel i'll try the next one right next yeah one. you got to introduce them first you got to get them first you got to yeah. get their attention first and then you can you know throw some other things at them it's sort of gives you permission to experiment too because they like your experimental ones that don't fit any style they'll give you a bit of a bit of leeway on trying the stuff that really doesn't fit in this style mm-hmm. is it hard to explain that sometimes Traditionalists usually are like, this is this and that is that. And sometimes when you're straying or doing your own thing or... I, I don't think so. No, we haven't done anything yet that requires a lot of effort. I think but most of our beers right now are easily understandable. You can actually explain it quite succinctly to somebody at the counter. Yeah, the, 
the dark mild would be the most uh, in terms of requiring the most explanation because it comes across as why are you serving me flat warm beer Gotcha. Yeah. Um, as a po- you know, you see it in a flight, and this one's got a creamy head, and this one's got a creamy head, and this one's creamy head, and this one, not so much. <laughs> yeah, uh, can you change that uh, keg, yeah. please? Come on. <laughs> oh, sorry, we got twenty other kegs. Exactly <laughs> like that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny, but uh, it's why the English like their beer. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, but it, it, it's where you where you can do things like we're going to do a German IPA and people will will give it a go because well a it's an IPA and people seem to gravitate to I I know craft beer has different styles IPA is one I seem to remember I'll try it right. so those are the two two uh, sort of gateways if you will to craft beer an IPA and a, and yellow beer yeah for sure hundred percent we'll talk more about beer with Stone Angel Brewing when the main ingredient returns after a quick break Kevin Bergen here on the main ingredient. Paul and Paul from Stone Angel Brewing in the house. Is running a brewery different than you thought it would be? I don't know what my expectations were, but it's been a hell of a lot of fun. It's yeah. been an absolute blast. Uh, just, you know, I think Paul would agree if we'd discovered this years ago, um, there would have been different career po- choices for sure. This has been a, a heck of a lot of fun, really. So even back in the day, okay, so we were talking about Half Pints. Half Pints has kind of been a pioneer, like with mm-hmm. Fort Gary, at times when, you know, the city didn't make it easy for brewers to brew beer so even back then let's say you could roll back and it wasn't as easy to do the things you're doing now and even now you know you've jumped through hoops to get open your brewery would you do what you did now back then oh yeah i just wish i had done it sooner yeah really i do really really enjoy talking to customers yeah i i um i grew up in a shop and and i always liked that but it was kind of you know a little bit more like hard work to a Mm -hmm. certain extent because Mm -hmm. you know I had to do stuff and they wanted me things to work. were dirty. Yeah, it was like you know do stuff and um, I always seemed to get the you know the it was a bicycle shop. I always seemed to be the one fixing the punctures. Um, but I do really enjoy talking to the customers. I enjoy because it's just you can stand there and ask them how their day went and and you know hopefully nothing bad happened to them and they tell you and then you're going oh I shouldn't have asked that question which totally. happened to me the other day <laughs> and <laughs> he lost his job. Uh, and I was like, ooh, okay, yeah, sorry, alrighty. no, that's great. So moving fast forward, <laughs> how about those bombers? How do you think they're going to do tonight? And then they lost yeah, too. So, you know, I was on a two for nothing. And at that point, I should have just went home for the day. But I, I, I really enjoyed doing that. And I, I should have, you know, possibly maybe have been doing something more, a bit more forward customer facing over the years instead of hiding behind a computer screen. Um, on the upside as well of working behind the brewery, I think we've both lost weight. So I don't know whether that's, hang on, hang on. I don't know whether wait, that's wait, wait, wait. stress. You own a brewery and you've lost weight. Well, it, it's a combination of stress and not sitting behind a desk. Oh. And also we're we're behind the counter rather than in front of the yeah, counter. Yeah, so we're not drinking nearly as much as we used to. Yeah, we're, but you're running a business, so it's yeah. kind of yeah. like, hey, I can't sit yeah, there drinking beer Yeah, we're not in the pub anymore discussing we should open a brewery. <laughs> that's got to be the plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's the part we ate. What was that like the first time you guys brewed beer? Someone purchased it, like they bought it and tasted it and ordered another. They said they liked it. And now I want some more. It was we wanted to go over and introduce ourselves. <laughs> it was in Brazen Hall. I remember that. Should we go over? No. Yes, we should. No, we shouldn't. Yes, we should. No, we shouldn't. So it just looked odd sitting at the counter staring. You remember that scene from Pinocchio? I'm a real boy now. <laughs> oh, we're real brothers now. <laughs> Seriously, though, that'd be awesome, right? Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. Like, it was very cool. There was a lot of high <laughs> fives in the parking lot. Let me say. <laughs> What are these guys doing? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Have a good night. They're just very happy to be at Brayson Hall. 
But no, I mean, we actually we have a fantastic uh, lineup of stouts. I think that's going to be coming out. We've we've got a very traditional Irish stout that we're putting out on Nitro this week, and then uh, not quite a stout, more a, a porter. But uh, at where it is, it's uh, the division isn't too far off. It's a nice Christmas warmer. And then come come January, we got a chocolate chip oatmeal cookie milk stout. Oh, nice. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah, that sounds good. We, we've made it a couple of times, and uh, the feedback's been really good, so we're going to brew it on the big system. And so, Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That's awesome. Um, okay, speaking of brewing, uh, what forms, I was going to say, what format is your beer available in, IT guy? Um, cans, bottles, growlers, we're starting off in what? Right now, uh, it's only out of kegs, so um, on tap in our place, on tap at growler bars, on tap at various restaurants. You talked about your space, your tasting room, is actually available for people to use it for event space. Is that, is that true? Yeah. Yep. How do people rent it if they want um, to rent it? Essentially, they can just contact us through the website um, or give us a call, again, through the phone number that's on the website, and uh, we'll lead them through the process. Because we have uh, washrooms capacity for 125 people even though we only have a tap room uh, capacity license for 50 you can actually get what is it akin to a social license for the space sweet and actually put in a lot more people mm-hmm. and and then the event it'll be a private yeah. event in a brewery for you and your friends or you and your company or you and your very very large family and uh you know we can supply the beer and that's awesome. Got to let a lot of people know that. That's and, super and, handy. And, and we, because of where we are, we're in a strip mall with other restaurants, and we have neighbors on either side, and you can actually talk to our, our adjacent businesses about catering. Oh, great. And uh, because we have a, chi- a Korean barbecue on one side and an Iranian restaurant on the other. There's a Chinese restaurant uh, just down the way. And there's a Chinese restaurant just down the way. It's like So we're actually surrounded by restaurants, and um, so people have been bringing the food in from the next door restaurants um, on a one-on-one basis. Mm -hmm. And we have already spoken to the Iranian restaurant and he has put together sort of a catering menu. So if you hire on the place out, he'll provide food for 40, 50 or more people kind of thing. Um, So, which is great because it means that we don't need a kitchen, but you can actually get proper food. Right, like real food. In the tap room because... For example, the, the Iranian guys, they, they will bring the food over on actual proper plates and knives and forks if you go in there and order your food and tell them you're in our place. So oh, and then you just, just bring the plate back? They yeah. bring the plate back. They actually come back. They'll come over and collect the plate. Yeah. But you're actually sitting there, and even though we don't have a kitchen, you're sitting there and eating off proper yeah. plates and it's knives and it's forks. It's not the takeaway. It's not the smaller portions. Yeah. It's, it's not a plastic knife that doesn't cut anything. It's like proper cutlery, and it's like so... You know, you can see it happening some nights where two people get it and then there's this whole avalanche of orders and the next thing is the owner and his ki- and his kitchen staff are just trekking back and forth. That's, uh, that must look oh. so weird, like, you oh, know, right. here you are with, with plates in your arms and you're going outside of your restaurant. Yeah, but the two doors are, the next door. our front door and their front door are 10 feet apart. Oh, okay. So it's, it, you know, like, you don't even have to step out from underneath the overhang on the front of the building, like, but backwards and forwards, like, empties one way and it's 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 highly um it's gratifying to watch because mm-hmm. we're doing our business and our business is actually helping one of our neighbors mm-hmm. because people are ordering from him who probably never knew he existed 
So he's running this small restaurant and he's getting business out of essentially our customers the same way we're getting business out of our customers. It's almost like an expansion of his business. Yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. You know oh. what I mean? Like he can only fit so many people in here and now he, he they just go over to your place yeah. and eat and he still gets to serve food. Well, there, there was one night not that long ago uh, when uh, there was, what, I think, four customers in his restaurant and 15 in our space. Eating here. his food. Eating his food. That's awesome. <laughs> I got to oh. talk to this guy. That's pretty cool. Oh, I mean, he makes fantastic food. So shout out to the Tehran Cafe. Yep. Good, good food. Okay, so you know, let's give some basic information in closing. Let's uh, tell people where you are, what your taproom hours are, how they can get your beer. We'll remind them. Our taproom is at 1875 Pambana, which is a strip mall. And if you're familiar with Pambana, it is on the right-hand side as you're heading south, just before the turn-off to Bishop Grandin. Mm-hmm. So there's an A&W there, and you just hang a right in there, and we're in the back of that strip mall. Yeah, deep in the back, right? Deep if, in the back. If you're coming from the left, there's lights. You can turn on Plaza Drive yeah. and access the parking lot that way, too. Oh, sweet. That's so handy. The tap room is open Wednesday through Sunday. Um, Wednesdays are 3.30 to 10, as are Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays are noon to 11, mm. and Sundays are the afternoon only 2 to 6. Um, right now, um, our beers are on tap in a few restaurants around the town at the moment. It's on the Growler Bar at Quality Inn Beer Store. They went through uh, the last one rather quickly, so... Um, that's, a, that's a good problem. If it's not there, it's still good, right? Yeah, and yeah if, it, if it's not there, we'll just drop some more keg. Do a drive-by keg drop-off on the way to work one morning. So it's a, it's a, it's a, we're in several restaurants. We're in Tipsy Cow down at Portage, so mm-hmm. anybody going to a Jets game wants to try out Luther. Or the Moose. Or a Moose. You know, they can go down there and have a pint and a burger. And we're in Elevate E3, also in Cordon, Carlos. Um, Cafe Carlos, yeah. Cafe Carlos, just off Cordon and Lilac. I um, love that place. That's a great restaurant. Yeah. Ray's in North Caldonan at the moment as well, on mm-hmm. top. The Knob mm-hmm. as well. Oh, well hey, even awesome. Peg Beer picked us up, and we're, we're well, um, I guess, the guest up, yeah. That's yeah. all right. IPA is on, the IPA is on at Peg Beer Co. at the moment. Thanks for coming in, you guys. No mm-hmm. problem. Thank problem. You. Thank you for having us. Stone Angel Brewing, again, is located at 1875 Pembina Highway, and they have a gorgeous tasting room and a solid lineup of beers, so I suggest you go in and check them out. Thanks for tuning in today, and I'll be back next week with more Main Ingredient with another awesome local vendor here on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.